0: Coming up You're tuned into Finding Your Frequency with hosts Jeff Spinard and Ryan Treasure. Connect with the show. Call in to 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788.
1: And welcome back to Finding Your Frequency. I'm your host, Jeff Spinard. And I'm your guest co host, John Missel. Very nice. And we also have Mr. Kevin Gasman still with us. Hello. Hello, hello. All right, coming up next, we have Mr. Alejandro Rojas. He is the host for Open Minds UFO Radio, editor and contributor, contributing writer for Open Minds Magazine and OpenMinds.tv, and MC for the International UFO Congress. He is also a blogger for the Huffington Post. For several years, Alejandro was the official spokesperson for the Mutual UFO Network as the director of public education. As a UFO paranormal researcher and journalist, Alejandro has spent many hours in the field investigating anomalies, phenomena up close and personal. Alejandro has been interviewed by media organizations around the world. Including the largest cable and network news agencies, with regular appearances on Coast to Coast AM, he has been featured on the Travel Channel, Sci-Fi, National Geographic, and Alejandro, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. Great to be here. It's good to have you. You know, you a lot of accolades, a lot of good stuff going on here. I need to know a little bit of your history, my friend.
2: Yeah, I keep super super busy, so um, I in fact do UFOs full time essentially with running the UFO Congress uh, that you mentioned, and that's right here in the Phoenix area, and then at OpenMinds.tv, TV we post UFO news daily. Very cool. So how did you get? How, how did this? All, how did this all happen? Were you how abducted? How did I get into it? I was not abducted. In fact, I hadn't seen anything uh, abnormal until many years into this. So it really was, I was kind of a skeptic. I had these two sides to me. I was, I was in school, in high school, and when I began college, I was into math and science. But I thought this stuff was interesting. And my background is, uh, you know, I'm Mexican, but also with some Native American. And it was like, you know, they believe in, in a lot of mysterious stuff. So I was still open to that. And uh, so I always pondered it. I would watch the shows. But then, in two thousand and one, there was a gentleman who brought a lot of credible people, people with the FAA, people in in the government and military, to Washington, d c, to the National Press Club. Tons of media was there. And by this time, I had actually changed to a, a journalist, journalism major. Mm-hmm. And uh, it wasn't covered. So even though there were tons of cameras, there was a little piece on CNN, and that was it. And I used to go to conferences and stuff, and I would ask the journalists, you know, what do you think of this topic? Why don't you really cover it much? And they said, you know, if something new and interesting happened, we would. And that was new and interesting, and it should have been covered. And at that time, it was kind of like Close Encounters with Richard Dreyfus. I just, like, you know, immersed myself in all of the information and everything. And when I emerged... Uh, I joined this group, Mutual UFO Network, that is the largest in the country, investigating this stuff. Luckily, the headquarters was where I lived at the time, in uh, in a suburb of Denver, and I just got heavily involved. I did some field investigating, uh, like you mentioned. I got involved with their headquarters and became uh, doing PR and their their press person, and uh, and we got so much press. Luckily, you know, I I my goal is always to interface with mainstream press or, or people out there who are not into UFOs sure uh, to bring the credible information to the people and try to answer some questions they may have and uh, so we had a lot of success with that there's a lot of interest surprisingly even for credible information and uh, so it's been a lot of fun sure try so, uh, as a I mean I gotta say
1: even growing up um. I, I was always my thought process was, we, we're not alone in this world. How can we be the only species in a galaxy that's so big but very small for what we know is apparently? Mm-hmm. But I've always thought, you know what is out there? So as a you know pa- uh, a UFO and paranormal researcher, um you know what's some of the stuff you've come across that, you know would uh you know tell us that there is
2: something else going on mm-hmm. well first of all what's interesting uh, along those lines of what you're talking about is that when i got into this you know the movie contact was in the 90s mm-hmm. and it was you know seti the search for extraterrestrial intelligence which is all scientists was made fun of they were kind of fringe mm-hmm. they were weird but these days, they're so popular. You know, NASA, when they talk about anything, it's typically about looking for life or searching for sure. life and being on the cusp of discovering life. So there's been a real change in the paradigm or, and how we think of all of this. But along those lines, it really has opened up a lot of scientists and, and uh, you know, even government officials and such in the background – uh, to this topic and, and they've looked more into some of the credible cases cause I have found, um, and you, you know, you can see some of these cases on, on the TV shows that are out there. Some of the good ones still aren't covered, but you do find, for instance, military situations where the military really didn't know what was going on and they kind of closed the case as an unknown. We don't know what the heck happened. um, And really, when you look into it, the military wasn't so black and white about this topic and never has been, even though publicly they say, oh, we don't look into this stuff. We don't think there's anything to it. We stopped looking into it in 1969. You do find in the record cases that they label as UFOs that they just essentially don't ever come to a conclusion to. And then some of these people, when you're lucky, some of these military guys come out of the military and talk about those cases and their involvement with some of these situations. And, uh, and of course, they're very credible, and and they're, they just leave you scratching your head thinking, you know, what the heck uh, did these people see? Typically, they see something, sure. you know, that looks like it's some sort of technology that is beyond what we would be capable of right. creating.
0: Hey, Alejandro, um so, you know, remember like all the military bases, you, you know, the story about Maulstrom, right? Up in uh, Montana. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So we just talked about that on our show a couple, uh, a couple weeks ago. And this is about UFO sighting on the base that actually disabled nuclear weapons. Really? On the base mm-hmm. as reported by military wow. men. And the question is, you know, when you discredit people for visualizing of UFO or seeing these things, you're discrediting your own military men. So, are you hiring? Absolutely. You're either discrediting them, or you're hiring crazy people. What's the co- <laughs> what? What is the cover up? Mm.
1: I mean, Area 51. I mean, there's so much out there that you know is hard to dispute, and uh, you know should be accredited. Yet, you know, the government won't tell you anything, or you can't know that.
2: Why is that? Why? Why? Why do you think they're not open? I think it, it's Pretty simple because if you just put yourself in their shoes, let's say, you, you know, you have something happened like over a nuclear facility and there are these cases and they do get escalated. We did a video not too long ago that, that people could watch and how the government military escalates these, these cases to and they go straight to the top. They flag them with a code word and, um, and then they go straight to the top at, to be investigated, especially these ones that happen at nuclear facilities. And um, but think of having to tell the public something flew over a sensitive airspace. We didn't know, and we don't know what it was. Right. You can't tell the public that. You know, you just you you, you got to either say we do know it, what it was, or it was something mundane. But you got to give them the idea yeah, that you have that. control of the situation. So I think that's simply why they they would not. You know, just outwardly say, oh, yeah, these things were flying around and we didn't know what they were. <laughs> right. They might have turned off our nukes, but, you know, <laughs> those silly things, you know. And, yeah. and there is a sense that. Although uh, there, there does seem to be – because a lot of the quotes you hear are, it, it's not of national defense concern. And there are arguments. In fact, the government of Chile, which has an official UFO investigation organization, came to the conclusion that there is a third party. There's some sort of intelligence behind these things, but it doesn't seem to be hostile. It's not hurting us. It's not it's overtly attacking. And you do hear this phrase, uh, of no uh, national defense significance, and and it's kind of this idea that you know it's not a threat. It doesn't appear to be a threat, and a lot of people have come to that conclusion. Sure.
0: Alejandro, do you think uh, this is John? Do you think that uh, they still keep that '50s mentality, that or even the early '60s mentality, that if they actually disclosed all of this to the public, that the, the public would. Uh, Freak out go into a panic because that's that's was always the different reasons like when they seal certain files and they, they want a generation mm-hmm. to die before they and because they think the newer
2: ones will mature faster and be able to accept it more do you think a lot of that is that is it's is those really reasons? hard to say a- and the reason it's mm. hard to say is because we don't know for sure what they know uh we do know that they that many believe in the military believe there is a phenomenon that there is a, a mystery here um, but we don't know beyond that what for certain they do know. Have they recovered craft? Have they recovered bodies? Do they know of situations where uh, there just have been downed or people have been abducted and disappeared? Do they know some of that stuff? Um, so it all depends on what they know. A lot of people, like, like the rock star from Blink-182, Tom DeLong, he feels right now that he's got some inside information. And he says... He thinks that they know some pretty scary stuff. He hasn't necessarily said exactly what, but that that's why they keep it secret because it's really scary stuff. And let's let's say they do know. Let's say they do know that people are being picked up once in a while and they're never seen again. That's some really scary stuff and, and you wouldn't necessarily want to just release that to the public. So right. if that's what they know, you know, all the way from something flying around that we don't know what it what it is to you know something taking people a, and then they're gone for good right none of that is something that you would really want to share with the I, guess, <laughs> uh-huh. I guess you're really not going to spread that
1: out <laughs> right, ladies and gentlemen i want to bring on uh, uh it's actually kevin's co-host yes uh, heidi gad
0: heidi yeah. welcome to the
1: show
3: hey how's it going it's going <laughs> fantastic what's up heidi Hi.
0: So, let, me, hey, let hey. me let me set this up real quick. Um, I met Heidi a couple years ago and found out she runs a page on Facebook, Extraterrestrials Among Us. Beautiful. And yeah. I was like, "Hey, we got to talk great, you know, use my the radio show for the for the hours and she was down with it and I really dig the message we we're doing with the show and she connected me with Alejandro and uh and that's a great—it's uh, a great combo. We work together really well talking about uh, the world of UFOs. I got a question for Heidi.
1: Um, okay. I heard somewhere along the line—I don't remember where it was—but it seemed like it was a pretty credible type scenario. But uh, I hear there's two types of aliens that walk among us. Uh, one is like a reptile, and the other is—I don't don't remember what the other one is—a gray type, but Nordic probably. Okay, I would guess. Yeah, Can you the speak a little the bit gray. On that?
3: That's the theory.
1: <laughs> is that what? Is it two types? I mean, what? What's the well, story? Well, there's
3: actually theories that there's a lot of different kinds and species of aliens walking among us, okay. or extraterrestrials walking among us. And who's to know? You know, like these are all these people that have either witnessed it or, you know, for whatever reason, believe that what they've seen is what they've seen.
1: So are they just really good at hiding? Can they take the form of uh, us humans? You always think I of, mean, men hey, of men in black. I always think of like the
0: right. human skins of men in black. I think there's a couple in my morning commute in here. <laughs> <laughs> I think we have one working for us. I'm not going to tell you who, though.
3: <laughs> we, we Any do. of us could be an extraterrestrial. Uh,
1: yes. <laughs> and not know it, right. I mean, exactly. they're, they're saying that's oh, certain see, No, pl- I didn't think of that. Well, that's the thing. Or
3: are we all extraterrestrials? Because there's a theory that, you know, we've they changed our DNA to get us to where we are right now in our evolutionary path. So okay. are we all an extraterrestrial? I don't know.
0: That is the question. I'm guessing we are. I'm guessing we are. There's Do people <laughs> on other planets. And <laughs> I, I want to ask Alejandro on this, too, because we did a story on Lloyd Pye. Everything you know is wrong. It's all about evolution and the missing link and how there is no connection between primates and humans. And the difference of the DNA is what, Alejandro, like less than like 0.5 percent?
2: It is small. Um, Yeah. However, you know, there has been some work on Lloyd Lloyd Pye's work that has kind of uh, unfortunately, yeah, that, uh, you know, there's been more analysis of the DNA and that the DNA is, is definitely human. And these are people who are. Uh, more friendly to the idea that, you know, it might be something else. In fact, practic- really looking for something like that. But uh, unfortunately, Lloyd Pye's information didn't um, uh, indicate that. But, <laughs> you know, getting back to kind of what Heidi was talking about, you know, we all kind of make fun and make light of this idea of alien abduction. But what's interesting, and I think what the public doesn't know, are there are like hundreds of thousands of people that believe. That they've had these sorts of experiences. I mean, there are yeah. lots and Hundreds lots and lots of these people, and uh, you know, if you come to a conference like ours, you would you would find that out. Now, that idea is even still a little kind of wild for me, but um, there are some cases of people claiming to have some sort of interaction with uh, you know these sorts of entities, or even being taken aboard that that are very very credible. One of them right here in Arizona, Travis Walton, he was with a bunch of his uh, colleagues. They were lumberjacks back in the 70s. Yep. They saw this craft in the forest. You know, Travis himself got beamed, and they thought he was dead, so they took off. He was gone. There was a huge hmm. manhunt for him. Uh, he came back five days later. By, the cops started to think that his, his colleagues, his coworkers, killed him. Right. But he came back, and he has these memories of being on board this craft and stuff like this. Not like the movie. There's a movie, Fire in the Sky, about this, but something even more interesting. We got a, free, a presentation on our YouTube page for free. People could go watch and see what he says he feels actually happened. Uh, there's another case with these, these several guys in Maine where they saw a UFO a couple of times, a big, bright, orb, actually. One time they saw it uh, across the river from them. They flashed a light at it, which they immediately decided was a bad idea because this thing started <laughs> coming towards them. Yeah. Uh, years later... Two of them, they're twins. They, they start to have these nightmares associated with like uh, s- uh, some physical trauma that one of them had right. experienced. Really made this all start up uh, again. Uh, they were regre- regressed by a Harvard professor who is it was a psychologist, uh, John Mack, and some of his colleagues, and they had similar memories of being taken aboard in these weird creatures, and there were details about the the physiology of these creatures that was similar across all of their memories. Uh, Another super, very... There's one gentleman who didn't remember being take aboard any craft or anything like that. And so he's kind of doubtful of what the other guys have to say, although uh, he's open to it. But he he does remember seeing the craft. He remembers, you know, this huge, giant orb coming towards them. And uh, he just remembers it flying away after it got close to them. So... Yeah, there are these cases out there yeah. where that just are baffling. Yeah, absolutely.
1: I was watching Netflix uh, a couple of weeks ago, and there was a story. I forget the – I wish I could remember. My memory sucks nowadays, but uh, <laughs> I wish I could remember. But it was, it was like this documentary, true story, this guy who
3: is – Stan Romanek?
1: Oh, say it again? Is it the
3: Stan Romanek story? Yes,
1: it is. There it is there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So, and Heidi, what do you think of that? Uh, what do you think of that that documentary?
3: Um, I wanted to believe that that guy had really had all those experiences, but yep. it kind of seems like he might have just made it up just to see if people were gonna go for it. Okay, which is
2: disappointing to me personally. But it was entertaining
1: I, to watch, except yeah, I'm when in I that. saw
2: <laughs> you made that. <laughs> no, I'm in the documentary. Oh, you are okay me right.
3: yeah. Alejandro
2: Rojas
1: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> for goodness sake imagine that see that uh, what I didn't I, like was the the uh alien in the window that kind of just you know floated down and floated up I thought that was a little silly but I really enjoyed the uh the story itself and I'm curious
2: yeah this- that's it the issue with Stan... Stan, unfortunately, because I knew him and his family very well, is he? It seems like he has some videos that he took early on, and they're very credible. Multiple witnesses. In one case, others took video of this thing as it flew over a park. Said right. Yeah, great, great case. But you know, there's a there's a researcher called Ben Hanson, and he has created this term, legendizing, for something that happens in the paranormal field, where someone has a genuine experience. They share it with people and then they get like this following and it's almost like a cult following. You get all of these people that are so fascinated and you become kind of like a superstar and that people seem to sometimes uh, want to keep that stardom rolling and sure. they start to create stuff because he's I've caught him in things he, he's oh. lied <laughs> uh, yeah. and, and unfortunately I think it's to keep this attention that he craves from uh, his yeah. first genuine sure. experiences
0: well there's a lot of a lot of misinformation out there as well I mean you have to sift through the BS where people's mm-hmm. telling you their story like Billy Woodward talking about Hollow Earth and very detailed stories, but you got to think this guy's just got a wild imagination. You know how far do you go to believe right. him? I'll take any. I'll I'll believe you because that's what you want to tell me. Fine, but I can also say uh, you're full of it too. Yeah. You know. Uh, now that's what I like about Alejandro and Heidi, both of us. It's like we'll call out the BS. We don't like like Heidi said. We don't right. want it to be BS, but you exactly. know you have to because otherwise you will be crazy if you believe everything. <laughs>
1: It's got to be accredited. You can't just throw anything out there because, you know,
0: people want. Right. Fe- show me something. Show me. I'll tell so. you, this is my my belief on aliens. I will believe in them until you can prove they don't exist.
3: There
1: you go. There you go. I yep. mean, again, I'll go back to saying exactly. that we're in a big galaxy. I, we can't be the only species, you know, on, uh, well, on the planet. But <laughs> with aliens coming down and being a part of the planet, right. walking amongst us and all that. I have not well, seen and one yet. there's so but much
3: about science we don't understand. Like, sure. we don't even know all of the physics and, you know, maybe portals and time travel mm-hmm. are actually... Available to higher of all species, and that's yeah. how they're getting here. Yeah,
0: right. like, we can't be—we we can't be that total arrogance uh, to think that we're the <laughs> only living thing in a universe. But we are. Yeah, universe. but we are right. I was just going to say <laughs> that's right. exactly. No, we are. I would say there are certain factions of our society yep. that is absolutely and unfortunately,
2: they're the ones in control. Mm-hmm. Agreed. And, I, and I agree when too. it comes to science, especially space science. Typically, the findings we have, I mean, if you read the stories when it comes to science and the discoveries that they're having out there, or physics, like theoretical physics and and some of the discoveries of particles and things, a lot of them start with, you know, we never would have imagined this being the case. Right. It's just like with dark matter. We never would have imagined that the universe is actually expanding. We thought it was contracting. So we're completely baffled and cannot explain that. Rogue planets, planets that are just floating out there and they're not around suns. Right. They never expected anything like that. They never expected... So many of the suns out there to have solar systems and planets that are in this Goldilocks zone, they call it, that are potentially habitable. I mean, every discovery, even science is making, is beyond what they could have comprehended they would have discovered. Yeah, There it is.
0: There it is. Uh, Kevin. One one more thing. Uh, Do you think if we do find uh, intelligent life out there, will we we call them Alps? You know, alien life form, I and mean, that's what they are. Uh, I mean, we have UFOs, we have yeah. Alfs. I mean, we, we don't. We're <laughs> sitting here in
1: studio and writing little notes not to like each that other, thing. and you know. they might not like that. <laughs> yeah, don't Once call me Alf. Once they watch elf. the show, <laughs> <yeah>. Once <laughs> they watch
2: the show, they I might. He that, that you. <laughs> Well,
0: it gives them a bad stereotype. Is what you're saying? <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah.
1: That was my cousin. That was my cousin Bob. That wasn't Alf. <laughs> <laughs> they love cats.
3: They <laughs> 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 oh, here we go. It's not.
1: That's great. So, Kevin. You and Heidi host a show, of course. uh, We started talking about going global with gas. Um, Let's uh, elaborate on the show a little bit. we got about uh, two minutes
0: left. Yeah, real quick. Saturday is at 3 p.m. It's a two-hour show right here on the VoiceAmerica.com Variety Channel, and we talk... Uh, the week, you know, whatever's going on in my mind, my stuff, my, you know, my jokes, if I'm going to test them out on the radio or play games, <laughs> interview bands and have them on and interview interesting guests as well. That's pretty much going global. And then the second hour from 4 to, from four to 5 p.m., we, uh, we go to uh, Aliens. Is that, does that say pot? Pacific time.
2: Oh Pacific time. Uh, pot. Uh, yeah, <laughs> well we talked hot pot too, by the way, because you know
0: how can you not Marijuana's talk <laughs> about it? Well I actually I did marijuana radio one time. 15, nice. 8, 1580 eighty A. M. in Colorado Springs, the very first station to flip to all marijuana talk radio. Driving wow. with gas. My old radio show was on there from ten to noon. Monday through Friday. Is that station still doing? No, the same? they pulled the plug. Okay, but <laughs> <Well>, that <laughs> explains a lot. <laughs> hey, I left they before s- they pulled the plug. All right, they smoked that station. <laughs> they huh? said you don't have gas man anymore. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are out of here. But the that thing I but real quick on the aliens with gas show, I just want to mention that you know our message is important. It's not just for fun. It's not just sure. for goofing off. It's for trying to find out the answers, at least ponder them and question authority, right. question the the things you're told, because it's important that you need to know the truth and being suppressed that is just going to keep the matrix alive. And Agreed. we kind of keep that. We yeah. That's kind of the theme of the show. Agreed. Alejandro, yeah, so before we
1: before we go, um, is there a website,
2: any information to get to you uh, for the for our audience? Definitely. Openminds.tv. And there we post UFO news on a daily basis. And then there you can also find our YouTube where we've got tons of like analysis and research and cool cases there. And then ufocongress.com where you can go uh, see information about the International UFO Congress. It's at the Wicapa Resort, and we sell the place out. It's just all packed full of people interested in this topic. So, Alejandro, I want to thank you for being on
1: the show. Kevin, thank you for, for being on the show. Heidi, thank you.
0: Uh, Real quick, uh, you want to throw out your... Yeah, Aliens with Gas has two S's. Just search it and Google everything, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all that stuff. Okay, good.
1: All right, ladies and gentlemen, thanks for tuning in to Finding Your Frequency today. We'll be back next week with Sharon Lecter, uh, 23 books, New York Times number one bestseller. Uh, make sure you follow us on social media on Twitter at Jeff Spinney Two at Radio Ryan One. Check us out on Facebook at Finding Your Frequency Net. We'll see you next week.